Welcome into the Dirty Water Fantasy Podcast. That sounds so excited, Miles. <laughs> uh, my name is the shell of Miles Ullman, accompanied by Chandler Hennig, as always. The uh, the rising Chandler Hennig. The uh, the heating up, the heating up, the heating up, Chandler yes. Hennig. Uh, episode twenty seven. Just well, the sun, the sun god has shined out on me. That's why I'm heating up, right? Uh, yes, the sun. Yes, Yu-Gi-Oh! The sun god has has been shining on you, and he has been doing quite well. Uh, man, this is. I feel like this is going to be a long intro to this podcast. There are a lot of there are a lot of things that we need to talk about. Uh, yes. Where yes. do we Where do we start? Uh, I'll start well, here. Well, you go ahead. How about their How about their names first? Because uh, I cut you off there, Chandler Hennig and. Uh, the shell of Miles Ullman is here with the you today. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, my soul has left my body. Um, I've been playing fantasy football for uh, close to a decade, I guess. I don't know exactly how many years. Eight years or something. And maybe there's recency bias here, but this is this was the most brutal week of fantasy football that I that I can remember. Truly. Between injuries and everyone getting covid and weird games and players who have been good all season being bad and vice versa um it it was brutal and i am most likely going to lose both of my playoff my first round playoff matchups this week one of those is to you Chandler in our keeper league as an update by the way last week I did beat you to get into the playoffs unfortunately that ended up with us playing each other in the first round yeah um as you alluded to Miles uh Emon Roth St. Brown has been an absolute stud for me the past couple weeks and he is a big reason why I'm in the playoffs it is not over um part of the craziness of this week that you were alluding to was a reshuffling of it felt like half the games this weekend so we ended up with thursday saturday sunday monday tuesday and then thursday and then sunday football again so if you like football you're getting it for eight out of ten days starting on thursday which is not so bad but yeah i mean all kinds of schedule craziness trying to figure out who's playing this week and who is not um so yes tracking pretty well towards me and our matchup in the keeper league but uh Sethley still some stuff to do and the uh, the Monday night games tonight, the two of them, and also the Tuesday night games will uh, will be the ultimate deciding factor in terms of who moves on to uh, to I think face uh, Jonah in the uh, in the second round, right? Yep, to face Jonah. Uh, the yeah, I mean we've said this before, but we record on Monday nights. And <laughs> normally we record right before or, or or just at the start of the Monday night football game. And this week we are recording, what, half a quarter in to one Monday night football game with another Monday night football game to be played and two Tuesday night games to be played yes. because of COVID madness. Um, crazy, crazy week from that respect. Um, we are also, we haven't mentioned this, we are recording this remotely. Um, I am not in Boston. Chandler is in Boston right now, but I, uh, went down to my parents' house in New Jersey this weekend. Um, I'll be here for four or five weeks. So the next few podcasts will be, um, remote, but you know, just spending some, some good old fashioned quality time, uh, in the comfort of my childhood home. So, uh, Chandler and I, unfortunately cannot touch each other during this podcast as we normally would. (laughs) Um, how did you do, by the way, in your work league, which I think was your other playoff league, right? Yeah, it was a weird uh, confluence of circumstances with a lot of the players that you were playing me in the uh, in the keeper league, I was playing in, in the work league. So, um, yeah, I mean, Deontay Johnson was certainly one of the players that, I, that you were alluding to with normally has been good and, and played really not so great um, in the Sunday matchup between the, uh, the the Steelers and the Titans. Um, so it's looking okay there, but Taysom Hill did not do many favors on Sunday night with a pretty bad performance. Um, 
But uh, we'll see. I mean, the matchups tonight and certainly on Tuesday do matter a lot. And they, they'll, they that matchup is still in the, in the balance, I think, for myself. My one consolation here is that we also played each other in our consolation bracket yes. <laughs> of our Dynasty League. And I am projected to win that. So so no no toilet bowl championship for me. In, in that one, I'm pretty sure, right? That's... Yeah, well, I mean, I had a... Uh, uh, Javante had a good game. Aaron Rodgers had a good game. Tyreek went off. So, you know, it, it worked out for me. But, I mean, all you have to do is not lose to Matt, which should be fairly easy in that league. Yeah. Um, anything else that we need to to cover before we we get going here on takeaways no let's get into it all right you want to kick us off yeah um well i talked about Amon ross st brown which is a good segue into my takeaway this week which is the detroit lions how about them lions man the uh the now two 11 and one lions beat the 10 arizona cardinals on sunday by a score of 30 to 12 this might be the upset of the of the season in the nfl so far as crazy as it sounds, there is fantasy value to be had in this offense right now in Detroit. And let's start there with the wide receivers. Um, the guy on Sunday was Amon Rod Yu-Gi-Oh! Sam Brown. He put up 23.5 fantasy points on eight receptions, nine yards, and a touchdown. And, and Miles, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he did almost all, all that damage in the first half, if I remember correctly. I mean, he had like that sounds 22 right. or 23 at that, or maybe not 23, but like, 20 or 21 at the half, and he maybe had another reception or two afterwards, but they were up so big that they were not passing the ball a whole lot after the uh, after the break. Um, so in terms of St. Brown, he had 11 targets in the game on Sunday, meaning he is averaging around 12 targets per game over the last three weeks. He That's just that's, that's elite volume. I mean, that's the volume we expect to see from guys like Tyreek and when he was playing well, Allen Robinson and, and DK um, and, and Deontay Johnson as well, too. So he's been a stud of late. Josh Reynolds also continues to be someone that you can uh, look to as an emergency fill-in at wide receiver. He's averaging around six targets per game over the past four weeks, and his lowest point total in that stretch was eight against a really tough Denver defense. He had 19 on Sunday in large part due to a touchdown as well. At RB, things are a little bit less optimistic. With DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams both out, Craig Reynolds had a solid day due to what was bell cow volume. He had 26 rushing attempts for 112 yards and, and a reception for five yards. The Lions just signed him today to their active roster. He was clearly uh, previously on the, uh, the practice squad, and they clearly like Reynolds. If you have Reynolds, hold on to them. And if you are planning to play Swift, if he's active this week, Reynolds should be a priority add on the waiver wire, which we'll get to in a little bit. Miles, I'm I'm nervous about this backfield, honestly. It's great to see the Lions win a few games, but given the record, the smart move would be for them to make sure two very important pieces in their offense, that's Swift and Jamal Williams, are entirely healthy before they come back. And frankly, to not overwork them once they are back. I still think Swift is the lead guy when he's active, but it would not surprise me to see Reynolds and or Jamal rotating in more frequently moving forward this season. Um, and I, and I, you know, I do want to, Miles, I, I will leave that there for, uh, for you just to, re- to react to, but I will also note, um, that Jared Goff was placed on the reserve COVID list today. That's, that's Monday afternoon. Goff has been playing pretty well of late and his absence next week versus a very susceptible Falcons defense would certainly limit the attractiveness of any pieces in this offense. Um, so I will leave it there. And then Miles, I will just circle back on the running mix situation. Where, where are you at right now in the uh, with the RB room in Detroit? Yeah, where I'm at is I think Reynolds long-term eats more into Jamal Williams' value than DeAndre Swift. I think that, sure. the, that the Lions have shown us that they believe DeAndre Swift is their guy. I, I think you and I are, are, you know, probably agree with that as well. They want the offense to run through him when he's healthy. I agree with you, though, that the smart move would be for them to not bring DeAndre Swift back this season. And I, I kind of am not really expecting them to, especially with Craig Reynolds doing so well. Um, I do see potentially Jamal Williams coming back this coming week because I, I believe he missed week 15 with COVID and so and you know he, he just wasn't activated in time and so I think that Williams and Reynolds will probably split but I think they might lean more on Reynolds um in the in the rushing department and and use Jamal more as that pass catcher change of pace back when Swift is healthy I think Swift is getting the the bulk of both of those jobs Yep, I think I'm with you on that as well too. So I think the the advice there is, 
if you have Swift or if you're planning to lean on Swift, make sure Reynolds is a priority add. And, you know, understand that, especially if Jamal's activated, this might go back to being a little bit of a, of a timeshare. And I'll just remind everyone as well, too, that Reynolds did not get passed on work. He had one reception on one target. So he had a solid day, I think, around 12 fantasy points, almost exclusively because of that rushing work. Yep. And I'll also say you talked about uh, Jamal, uh, sorry, Josh Reynolds having a good game. I think that if Swift were to come back, Reynolds kind of fades into irrelevance because Swift will get a lot of the, those targets. Sure. Um, I still feel good about Amon Ra moving forward. Okay. Um, All right, I will break down the Cardinals on the other side of the ball in that game. Um, And I think that with Chase Edmonds coming back off of IR and DeAndre Hopkins going on IR, which, you know, we'll talk about that, I think that there are a lot of fantasy questions to be answered for the Cardinals. Um, And so I wanted to break them down. So we'll start at running back. Edmonds was more efficient than James Conner this week on fewer touches. He had six carries for 53 yards and one target. James Conner had eight carries for 39 yards plus two catches for 31 yards on two targets. The targets are the really interesting point here for me. There was some game script involved here, right? The Cardinals weirdly lost to the Lions. And also, Edmonds was probably being worked back in slowly coming off of the injury. I'm honestly not sure whether the splits will change with a healthier Edmonds, but I think the important thing is to acknowledge that the two RBs will definitely eat into each other's workload. That said, you know, they're still both talented and more importantly, both on a really good offense. I'd consider James Conner to be a low-end RB2 slash high-end RB3 and Chase Edmonds a mid to low-end RB3 moving forward um, just because they will really cannibalize each other. And that is roughly what they were at the start of the season. So it's not like we haven't seen them both on the field at the same time. Um, There are also questions to be answered at receiver. Namely, who's going to step up as the wide receiver one with Nuke out? Um, In this game, it was Christian Kirk. He was 9 for 94 and 1 on 12 targets. Am I buying Christian Kirk as the wide receiver one? Again, I'm, I'm honestly not sure, but I also don't think it matters. What I am buying is Kirk being the most valuable Cardinals receiver for fantasy purposes moving forward, which, if you look back on the season, has pretty much always been the case. Kirk has been the most consistent. Perhaps now without Hopkins, his floor and ceiling are both elevated, but I'm rolling with him as a low-end wide receiver too for the rest of the season. AJ Green, on the other hand, is a mid-range wide receiver three, I'd say. He had four catches for 64 yards on eight targets in this one, uh, and I'm not interested in starting Rondell Moore, Antoine Wesley, or, or, or any other wide receiver on the Cardinals right now. Um, While I'm here breaking down the Cardinals, I I don't think this needs a long explanation. Start Kyler Murray every week despite the down game, and start Zach Ertz as a low-end tight end one. Uh, Ertz had 11 targets this week, which is great for a tight end. Yeah, I love that take. Um, I'm with you that if I had to choose a wide receiver in Arizona right now, it would be Kirk. You know, AJ Green, I think that stat line is indicative of what he is. He's going to get targets, eight targets in in the uh, game on Sunday, but he only caught four of them you know he is that kind of that field stretcher role right now for the cardinals which is a little strange um where again kirk had a much higher catch percentage he was nine nine on, on 12 nine receptions on 12 targets so again given that I, i'm 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 with you kirk would be the guy that i want there all right let's move on to injuries and nfl news updates um here are the guys who were placed on ir uh, since we last recorded um as always this means they're missing a, min- a missing they as always this this means that they're missing a minimum of three games but um because of where we're at in the season this also means that they're done for the fantasy season right it's week 15 so they're missing week 17 weeks week 16 and 17 they'd be done um those names are deandre hopkins tj hawkinson and Daniel Jones. Um, give me just your high-level thoughts on those guys. Yeah, I mean, we broke down Hopkins, so I don't really touch too much on that one. But part of the reason I think we're seeing some some different players in Detroit be valuable is, is Hawkinson. I mean, you know, Hawkinson has been up and down this season, and part of that has been that he has been banged up kind of seemingly over the course of the season. But there were stretches where he was getting a lot of targets, not just from a tight end standpoint, but just generally speaking across the, you know, across the various positions on, on, a, on a given roster. So, you know, I do think that's part of the reason why we're seeing Emin Ra average such, you know, such good targets 
target totals over the past couple of weeks and why Josh Reynolds has emerged from essentially nothing to start the season into a guy who is a little bit more, um, certainly more valuable, potentially playable, depending on what the situation is in Detroit. And then for Daniel Jones, again, I mean, it's been tough to, I think, start any Giants players besides Saquon. Um, frankly, I don't think Daniel Jones being out hurts Saquon that much. And, you know, if you're relying on a Giants wide receiver at this point, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure you'd still be you'd still be playing in, in the fantasy in the fantasy season. Yep, fair enough. Um, and just because we didn't say it, it's it's a knee injury for Hopkins, a thumb injury for Hawkinson, and a neck injury for Daniel Jones. Here is who was out heading into these week, week 15 games. We'll start with Lamar Jackson. He had an ankle injury. Tyler Huntley went off in his absence. Sammy Watkins missed with COVID. Emmanuel Sanders missed with a knee injury. Gabe Davis stepped up. Uh, DeAndre Swift, we've talked about it, missed with a shoulder injury that continues to bother him. And Jamal Williams missed with COVID, uh, which is why Craig Reynolds had a game. Carlos Hyde missed with a concussion. Philip Lindsay was not activated uh, with COVID. Jalen Waddell, same thing, COVID. Uh, Damian Harris missed with a hamstring injury. We thought Ramondre would have a great game. He did not. Uh, Kadarius Tony misses with COVID. And Elijah Mitchell still dealing with swelling in his knee. And I was forced to start Jeff Wilson, which ended up being a good play. But I, I tilted all over the place for that one. Um, here is who was already confirmed out for tonight and Tuesday's games. Darren Waller with that IT band slash knee slash back injury. Kareem Hunt with an ankle. Alexander Madison is unvaccinated and tested positive for COVID. And Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum both tested positive for COVID and will not be activated in time. As mentioned, you know, the games were rescheduled to either tonight, which is Monday, or tomorrow, Tuesday, um, due to these COVID outbreaks. So here are the key players who are questionable due to COVID for those four games at the time of this recording. Allen Robinson, uh, questionable with COVID. Uh, Austin Hooper has been actually ruled out since we uh, started recording. Jarvis Landry, same thing, has been ruled out since. Uh, Tyler Higby, questionable. Travis Homer, Tyler Lockett, Alex Collins, and Taylor Heineke, all questionable for those games. Um, also questionable for those games, but this time for injuries, not COVID. Adam Thielen with his ankle injury, Terry McLaurin with a concussion, J.D. McKissick with a concussion, Curtis Samuel with a hamstring, and Ricky Seals-Jones with a non-COVID illness. Uh, so Washington football team is, is pretty banged up right now. Um, anything to add there? No, I think, you know, in terms of we've been tracking the news, trying to keep track of the news today. It sounds like Thielen is going to be a true game-time decision. Um you know, in terms of the uh, in terms of the Vikings game, one thing to note here um, is that the Bears are are super banged up in their secondary. So, you know, I doubt that KJ Osborne or, or or any any other receiving options on the Vikings are available in the waiver wire at this point. But you know, Conklin has been a guy that we've that we've talked about. I think extensively as a waiver, as a, a streaming option at, at tight end. And, you know, if Thielen is, or sorry, yeah, if Thielen is out, maybe some of that short yardage uh, opportunities do free up. And I'm certainly hoping as someone who's playing Conklin that that's the case um, in the, uh, the Vikings-Bears game. All right. A uh, couple interesting healthy scratches this week. Zach Moss, this is his second time appearing on this list, I believe. Um, Devin Singletary is getting workhorse usage. 22 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown, plus a one catch on his one target for 10 yards. Um, I think Singletary is a safe play for the rest of the fantasy playoffs, yeah? Yes, he will show up later in the episode in the start-sit segment. All right. Ty Johnson is the other interesting healthy scratch. Um, with Michael Carter coming back from IR, the Jets are just going to focus on Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman. And so, you know, if for whatever reason you're still rostering Ty Johnson, you can definitely move on at this point. Yep, with you on that one as well. All right, here are the new injuries that happened in week this week, week 15. Uh, Rondell Moore left the game with an ankle injury. Don't really think that impacts much. Uh, Joe Mixon has a sprained ankle. He's questionable. He was limited early in the week, but per head coach Zach Taylor, the situation is encouraging. Um, Samaje Pirine would be the handcuff if Joe Mixon is out, and we will talk about picking up Pirine Um Although we are already talking about it right now, <laughs> pick up Iran if if you need to uh, if you need a desperation play and and certainly if if Mixon is out. Um, Teddy Bridgewater was carted off with a concussion. Drew Locke will get the start for the Broncos, which probably means downgrade all of the Broncos' offensive weapons. 
yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think, uh, especially any, any wide receivers, I think you gotta, you gotta, I mean, again, I don't think anyone's really relying on Sutton and, and Judy, I believe bagels. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe Fant becomes less attractive there. All right. Um, quite a few head injuries and concussions this week. Donald Parham was carted off with a concussion. Um, I'm expecting him to be done for the year with a, a really scary injury. Prayers up to him that 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 did not look good. Um, so we we wish him the best. Um, Nelson Aguilar was forced out with a head injury. Pat Fryermuth forced out with a concussion. Julio Jones left the game with his 42nd hamstring injury of the season. Uh, Sterling Shepard tore his Achilles. He's done for the year. So, you know, I, I got to think that the Giants move on from him and probably look towards Tony for the future next year. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. All right. And then three big daggers last night in the uh, Buck Saints game. Mike Evans was forced out of the game with a hamstring injury. The update here is that he's week to week. He has a chance to play Sunday, though. Personally, I'm not optimistic about that. Chris Godwin forced out of the game with a knee injury, and we now know that Godwin's injury is a torn ACL. He's done for the year. Um, brutal, brutal timing for Godwin on on the franchise tag. Yes, um, and I was scrolling through, uh, I think, is it Dr. Chow's Twitter, the, the football doc, um, and, and apparently there was questions of Godwin being ready for next year as well, too. So um, not great from a dynasty standpoint there either. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Leonard Fournette was also ruled out for the rest of the game after he left due to a hamstring injury. Um, the expectation here is that he'll miss a game or two, um, and Ronald Jones becomes a, a very interesting <laughs> fantasy playoff hero, potentially. Yep. Yeah, it's the uh, the reverse of last year, kind of. Yep. Um, all right, a few more pieces of NFL news. AJ Brown coming off of IR this week, so if you're comfortable, if you're confident enough, you can slot him into your your lineup if you need him. Uh, Jared Goff placed on COVID. Uh, excuse me, on the COVID list. Uh, Travis Kelsey also placed on that list, though he is vaccinated and has a chance to play this week. Um, and Kendrick Bourne was also put on that list. Um, and finally, Will Fuller is done for the season officially with his finger injury we, we kind of already knew this um i saw that he recorded four catches this year for the dolphins and is now a free agent so um kind of a wash year for him and we'll, we'll see where he ends up in the offseason yep yeah um i mean miles does you know i think again there is not the expectation but kelsey because of the vaccinated vaccinated status has a chance to play would you look to Kelsey's backup if for some reason Kelsey is unable to go? Who is that, Noah Gray? I've, I, I Frankly, I have no clue. I mean, Kelsey is such an Iron Man that he, he does not miss really any games. Um, you know, again, I think the idea here being that this is someone who is not, not nearly as talented as, as Kelsey, but you're sort of maybe getting the opportunities of, of you know, the tight end in, in Kansas City. Man, um... I think that I would play, I, th I think it's Noah Gray, I think that I would play Noah Gray in a pinch, but there are other options that I'd probably prefer to pivot to. Uh, number one guy who comes to mind for me is Jared Cook, um, who who I'll talk about as a stream this week. Um, with the Parham injury, I'm really interested in playing Cook, and so there you can probably do better, I would say. Yep, I'm with you as well, too. I think Noah Gray, probably who it is, will end up probably in that a, a tier below the guys like Conklin, like Cook, who would be more solid streaming matchups um, either this week or, or, or you know, in, in, a, in a typical fantasy week. Yep. All right. Um, I have one drop candidate for you, and I want to pose this to you because I know that this is a big guy for you. Um, yep. and, and, and in fairness, you know, I was very in on him before the season, but didn't end up getting him on any of my teams. Um, it's Amari Cooper. He was two for eight this week on five targets, and he's been out-targeted or tied in targets with Gallup each of the last three games. Can you trust Amari Cooper, and, and are you willing to drop him? So I am not dropping Amari. Um, the, the talent is there for Amari. It is still a good offense in Dallas, despite not putting up as many points in the past couple weeks as, as they certainly were to start the season, um, and, and certainly last season as well, too. But... 
again with what's going on right now in in the in the uh, in the NFL with the number of you know games being postponed and players missing for COVID and things like that, who knows what will happen next week? You know, in, in Dallas, and not not even saying that Amari is exactly a handcuff. I think there is still a chance to play him in what was a, a better matchup previously versus Washington, and is now slightly less attractive of, of late as that defense is playing a little bit better. Um, but you know, eat, you know, don't drop Amari because, in in some ways, even if you're not playing him, he is an excellent handcuff to to CD Lamb. Probably he was the one in that offense right now. And you know, we mentioned I think last week that this is the rare time of the year when we start to recommend handcuffing players beyond those typical those RBs. So if you had KJ Osborne on your roster, a couple weeks ago before Finn went down you've been reaping the benefits there and even if it's just for that reason alone I would hold on to Amari um, at least for another week I, I I agree with everything that you said I will add though that I'm okay dropping him if you need to he's not he's not a must hold for me um, though I would prefer to yep all right do you want to get us started on waiver targets yeah, let's uh, let's kick it off with running back as we usually do. And um, no surprise, the first name on this list, it's Ronald Jones, 41% rostered. This is really entirely about the severity of Leonard Fournette's ankle injury. Um, he had to be helped to the locker room by the Bucks medical staff. And we now know that the expectation is Fournette misses a week or two. Rojo is good. Um, it hasn't been the lack of talent ever. It's really been a lack of opportunities this season, which again, was very confusing just because it has always been a timeshare in uh, the Bruce Arians offense. Um, and, and you know what, the, the, not that we, you know, put a lot of stock in coach speak, but the coach speak has been good um, today from, from Tampa Bay. If you are looking to, uh, to play Rojo, it's, you know, Arians is saying that this is Rojo's opportunity, then that he has a chance to step up again in the same way that Fournette did um, last year when Rojo went down later, later in the season. Miles, anything to add there? I mean, this is absolutely a priority add, I think, for probably anyone, not just anyone that has, you know, Fournette or Mixon or any of the other other running backs who got injured this past week. Agreed. The priority add on the week for me, um, Rojo was the RB16 last year. Like you said, it's it's not been for lack of talent that he hasn't produced this year. I'd be starting him with confidence if you need to start. And, I, you know, just to clarify this as well, too, because we said priority add, but, you know, if you're a, a Fournette owner or you really need someone to start at running back and you're and you uh, you play in a fab league, I would break the bank for Rojo. I, I'd yes. spend all your fab, you know, go get a player who, you know, should have at least a 12 to 15 point floor with Fournette out. Yes. And also, if your opponent this week has Fournette on his team, do the same thing and, and go for that block. Yep. All right, let's move on to Donta Foreman, um, Tennessee Titans running back, somehow still only rostered in 49% of leagues. Donta Foreman is the RB1 for this team, and he is a locked-in RB2 rest of season. He was 22 rushing attempts for 108 yards, plus two receptions for 27 yards on three targets in this game. Miles, I mean, I think we've been pumping the tires on Foreman for the past couple weeks here. Um, You know, it seems like Hilliard and McNichols are splitting some of that um, secondary work, but again, we just said it. Twenty-two touches for for Foreman just on the ground—that's bell cow volume, and and this team is playing pretty well of late. Agreed. All right, let's move on to one of the strangest names to show up on the waiver wire. I think probably <laughs> the entire season. That is Duke Johnson, running back now for the Miami Dolphins. Zero percent rostered. You have a little note here that says, "Obviously, I, I agree with that note, Miles." Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the performance is what it is. Twenty-two rushing attempts for 107 yards, and uh, and two touchdowns plus a 20-yard catch on one target. Just for point of reference, there, Miles Gaskin was active for this game. Um, there is some uncertainty there. That's part of the reason why Duke Johnson was a. Uh, a, a potential attractive target in the waiver wire last week. Gaskin would, had 10 carries, 54 yards, and zero targets. And just again, one extra note there: Philip Lindsay was not activated, so it really was these two in the in the backfield. Um, Miles, what are we doing about Duke Johnson? Are you chasing this if you need running back help right now? Man, I I honestly have no idea. Um, this is this is one of the most befuddled I've been all season. It just it, it, to to give context to this. Um, Gaskin was put on the COVID list, then Patrick Laird, or they might have been flipped, and then Philip Lindsay. 
And so the whole week it was like, oh no, the, the, all the Dolphins backs are going to be out. Maybe Duke Johnson will be a good add. Um, but then there was Malcolm Brown might come off of IR. Um, Patrick Laird was put on IR, so he there was no chance that he was coming back. And then we get the news that Miles Gaskin is going to be active for this game. Okay, great. So Miles Gaskin, their starter, is going to be active, so he's going to be their starter. For some reason, he wasn't. Duke Johnson was the starter. The issue is, I don't know if it's because Gaskin didn't practice all week, and so for whatever reason, they decided that Duke Johnson was better for their game plan, or if they saw something in practice where they they thought, for whatever reason, Duke Johnson had more juice, and he kind of proved it. Like, I don't know that Gaskin has had this good of a game, um, certainly not recently. And so... I certainly, I, I, you kind of have to pick Duke Johnson up. Um, but am I starting him with confidence this week? Absolutely not. Yeah, and I think for that reason, I am not chasing the uh, the Johnson performance. I, you know, I want to add a note here that this was versus the Jets, which is one of the most plus yes. defenses in the league right now. And this is the playoffs, folks. I mean, you you know, 10 points doesn't doesn't help you a whole lot depending on who you're playing and, and you're playing better teams by the nature of being the playoffs but having a zero point performance screws you over probably you know you certainly can't afford that have that in multiple positions and frankly coming into this week and, and certainly going to next week the likelihood that duke johnson puts up zero will be higher than he puts up you know whatever he ended up with 25 or something like that so uh, again i mean if you are really really desperate but i think as i look across this list and certainly you know foreman and also rojo those are significantly more attractive options than duke johnson anything uh, else there before we move on miles i agree they're also significantly more attractive options than miles gaskin this week as well okay yeah that's a that's a good caveat there as well too all right let's move on to craig reynolds who mentioned him at the top of the show in the lions breakdown six percent rostered again he got bell cow work 26 uh, rushing attempts for 112 yards plus he did have one catch on uh one target for five yards he is the guy with Swift and Williams on the field. The, the thing to keep track of is the health statuses of Swift and Williams over the course of this week. Let's move on to Samaje Ryan. Again, we also mentioned him during the injury segment. 17% rostered. Samaje Ryan is Mixon's handcuff um, if Mixon can't suit up. And as a result, you know, if you have Mixon or your opponent has Mixon, Ryan is also pretty out there as well. Um, anything else there, Miles? Nope, agreed. All right, and uh, final name on this list. Latavius Murray, fifty percent rostered. The uh, the Baltimore backfield continues to uh, to confuse. Latavius Murray had seven carries and three targets. While Devontae Freeman had six carries and one target. Um, you know, I, I I think I do want to reinforce here, Miles, that this game was played without Lamar, so that offense obviously looks substantially different than when Lamar is on the field. Um, you know, Huntley had a really good game as well too. He called his own number a lot, which is similar to Lamar. Um, but he also had a really good throwing performance as well, too. And that was part of the reason why uh, Mark Andrews blew up. And, and I believe Hollywood Brown also had a good game. Um, what are you doing with Latavius? Yeah, I, Freeman? I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm avoiding starting them if at all possible. You know, I'd, I'd rather even start Craig Reynolds without Swift and Williams uh, than either Devonte Freeman or Latavius Murray. You just can't trust them right now. It's too unpredictable. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking elsewhere. Yep. I'm with you as well, too. And you have one more note, I think, before we move on to wide receivers. Yep. Just uh, just wanted to note that I'm not buying Justin Jackson's 10-point performance. It was fueled by Eckler being limited due to injury. Um, I will say that Justin Jackson probably did solidify himself as the clear handcuff. So if you are the if you roster Eckler um, and you're riding with him for your playoffs, then probably grab Justin Jackson, make sure he's on your bench as that handcuff for the next two weeks, but otherwise not picking him up. With you there as well too. Let's move on to wide receiver. I'm not going to spend too much time on the Detroit Lions wide receivers. That is Amon Ra, Yuyo St. Brown, and Josh Reynolds. Those guys are 35 and 9% rostered respectively. Um, again, the, the only other notes here we'll say is that Amon Ra is clearly number one target. That is with Swift out and now Hawkinson done for the year. And I just want to reinforce that Miles did say that he probably is not interested in, in Reynolds if Swift comes back. I, th I think I might be interested in Reynolds in a very emergency deep league start, but 
I do agree that he um he does get a downgrade if Swift is active. Yeah, and I'll, I'll also add it's it's just crazy to me that Yu-Gi-Oh is only thirty five percent rostered. He's yeah. one of the the least respected rookie breakouts that I've ever seen. Usually, the fantasy community loves our rookie breakouts and and overhype them. If anything, uh, it's it's pretty absurd to me that he's seen at least eleven targets in three straight games, um, and he's only thirty five percent rostered. Yep, I'm with you. I think probably the Lions and Garrett Goff probably have a, a role in that. True. But again, it's you know, it's a couple straight weeks now. We need to start believing that this is a, a talented, productive player, and and the Lions are playing better of late as well too. All right, let's move on to the Buccaneers wide receivers. Let's start with a note here that's not related to the waiver wire segment specifically because he is too highly rostered. But if Antonio Brown is available in your league, he is a priority priority ad this week with Mike Evans seemingly likely missing this week and with Godwin Dunner for the year. He has 72% rosters. So again, that is one of the first names to double check on your available players list this week. Miles, there are a couple other guys behind kind of that big three, or I guess it was a big two with AB out. Those are Tyler Johnson, Brashad Perriman, and Scott Miller. Those guys are 5%, 8%, and 4% rostered respectively. I will note that Brashad Perriman, I believe, was not active this week. He was also on the COVID list, so um, he might be activated for this coming game. Do you have any preference between these guys? Do you do you even want any of them on your on your roster at this point? Yeah, I'm I'm okay picking up Tyler Johnson. He's really the only one I have interested in uh, that I have interest in. He had the most targets this past week with seven, and he also plays more of that short yardage role that Godwin does. Brashad Perryman, I would say, would be sort of the backup for Mike Evans if, if you if you had to you know pair them up one to one. But you know, a Mike Evans might play and. B, Brashad Perryman is no Mike Evans when it comes to, you know, going up and getting it or, or burning down the field. So um, I'm not really interested in Brashad Perryman. And, and Scotty Miller has has really never been anything. So Tyler Johnson is, is the only guy I'm interested there. Yep, I'm with you. Um, I even think Brashad Perryman was probably bought in as the guy to hopefully cover for AB while he was out too. So again, that, that more field stretcher mm-hmm. type role. But I, I, you know, I can't imagine that you don't have any better options to start at wide receiver at this point in the season. Um, again, you have to look and, and figure out and, and keep track of whether or not Evans is going to play this week. And I believe the the deal with AB is he is being activated and he is back in the mix. I think he's back in the facility with with the Bucks today. Um, but that does not guarantee that he's that he's playing. Of course, he was coming off the suspension. Um, for the uh, for the COVID stuff, um, I think we fake the vaccination card or something like that. So again, a situation to monitor. Brady does need to throw the ball somewhere that's you know besides Gronkowski, um, and certainly these options do become more attractive depending on what the uh, available wide receivers do look like. Let's move on to Gabe Davis, the wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, twenty percent rostered, five for eighty-five and uh, two touchdowns on seven targets for for Gabe Davis. Um, you know, Miles, I think the one note here is that Emmanuel Sanders was inactive for uh, for this game versus the uh, it was the Bills versus the Carolina Panthers. I, you know, I personally think that Gabe Davis is still interesting, even with Sanders back in the, you know, potentially back in the mix for week 16. But where are you at on that right now? Yeah, I would agree. You know, he gets a little bit of a downgrade if Emmanuel Sanders is back, of course. Sure. But um, if they're both healthy, I'm playing Gabe Davis over Emmanuel Sanders. So I think, you know, Davis is a really strong wide receiver for um, or something along those lines if you play in, you know, a two flex league. Yep. And uh, and and clearly Josh Allen does trust him in the red zone. I, I admit it was I was a bit disappointed yes. that they didn't keep on handing the ball off to Singletary to end the game, but you know, Josh Allen likes is a bit of a gunslinger and uh, and that touchdown happened late in that game as well, too. All right, let's wrap up the wide receivers this week with the Green Bay Packers wide receivers, um, regular regulars on the uh, the waiver wire list. Marquez Valdez Scanding is thirty eight percent rostered. Alan Lazard is fourteen percent rostered. This past week was an MVS week. He was five for ninety eight yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Lazard had two receptions for twenty three yards on four targets. We've said it before. You can take your shot on MVS or Lazard in a given week, but neither is a safe option. Um, and the only final note here that we have for wide receivers is I don't think either of us are buying Marquez Callaway's big game. You know, it's really hard to trust any New Orleans wide receiver right now. And, you know, the Saints had a bit of a different game plan than usual with Sean Payton coaching. They, they frankly were not interested in passing the ball a whole lot. And to their credit, it did work. They did 
beat the Tampa Bay Bucks nine to zero. Yeah, w- without right. without Sean Payton coaching, just to clarify. Yes. Yep. Um, all right. Let's move on to quarterback. the uh, The only name that we have this week is Tyler Huntley. He is the backup quarterback in Baltimore. He looked like the starter this week. Only a few percent rostered, not very surprising there, but he had 36 fantasy points on the week. Again, the really thing to note to, to monitor here is Lamar. Um, if Lamar misses more time, he should be a decent fill-in option. Again, he's not valuable at all, of course, if Lamar is back. Yeah, and then... I was, I was going to say, you really only need to roster him in redraft if you roster Lamar, um, just because, you know, if Lamar is another game time decision, you don't have to worry about it. Lamar plays, you play him. If Lamar sits, you play Huntley. Yep. Um, nothing at tight end this week, unfortunately. I don't think either of us are buying Hunter Henry's big performance. The Pats were playing from behind, and they have the Bills next week who are really good against the TE position. Yeah, just important to, you know, at this stage of, of the season, it's, I think it's important to understand which performances we should not be chasing. Okay, awesome. Um, for streaming, I will kick us off on quarterbacks. Um, and I'm going to stream Cam Newton versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm honestly not feeling great about this stream. Um, and that's just be- me being honest, right? Hopefully you have other options this late in the season. But if you're in a pinch, I think Cam should be all right. He's coming off a solid showing versus a tough Bills D in which he carried the ball 15 times and he had 23 fantasy points. Tim Bay is, is susceptible to quarterbacks, um, so hopefully can, Cam can pull through for you if you really need a, a start. Yep, I'm with you, Miles. This is not a great week to be streaming at quarterback, um, but if I had to choose a guy, Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco um, would be my, my chosen streamer. They are playing the Tennessee Titans this week. Jimmy offers a solid floor on a week-to-week basis, at least in part because he has really good weapons around him. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, the running backs all come to mind there. The Titans are a confusing team. Um, They've been up and down this season on both sides of the ball, but they have been a plus QB matchup over the course of the season. All right, and at tight end, I teased it earlier in the episode, but Jared Cook versus the Houston Texans. Um, I'm hammering this stream. Last week, I picked James O'Shaughnessy against Houston, and that panned out. Um, Jared Cook gets Houston this week. He is better and with a better QB on a better offense than James O'Shaughnessy is. And most importantly, Cook should see most of the tight end targets, if not all, uh, including those key end zone targets with Parham out. So I, I would really like to play Jared Cook this week. Are you saying I shouldn't fire up Trey McKitty in the Dynasty League, Miles? I, I don't think so. I, I would not recommend. All right, disappointing. Uh, this is actually my favorite stream of the week. I love this call. Um, and and yeah, it's not often to say that Jared Cook is a really good option to give him a week. So, yeah. um, you know, good for you, Jared. Um, all right. In terms of my stream at tight end, I'm looking at Cole Komet of the Chicago Bears versus the LA Rams. I'm really liking what Komet has been doing of late. Not including the Bears game tonight, which is uh, has not happened yet. Komet is averaging around seven and a half targets per game over the past three games. That's really good. Um, the Rams are a plus matchup at tight end. And uh, again, especially with the the uh, Bears pretty banged up on uh, defense, I expect that the uh, um, I expect that the uh, the Rams will be able to move the ball, meaning that Chicago should have to throw a lot. All right, and at defense, I'm streaming uh, once again from this game, the LA Chargers versus the Houston Texans. This late in the season, you already know I want my defense. My defense is playing the Houston Texans. Yep, not too much to that one. I'll be looking at the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chiefs have been playing really well of late. They played a really good offense um, in the Chargers in 15. Those before that were 28-17. They had a bye, and then 17 before that. I'm a believer in the trend that the Chiefs are figuring out on defense. And on the other side of the ball, Pittsburgh continues to be an offense I want to target. And that's even more so if Pat Farmuth, an important piece of this offense, misses this game. Yep, a key end zone weapon for them. Um, At kicker, I'm going Evan McPherson of the Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, He's the number seven kicker on the season. He's coming off a 13-point game versus the Denver Broncos, plus an 11-point game versus San Francisco the week prior. Um, The last time he played Baltimore, which was week seven, he scored 13 fantasy points. I think this should be a high-scoring game, so I'd be very comfortable starting Evan McPherson. Yep, I'm looking at Matt Prater of the Cardinals versus the Annapolis Colts this week. 
Um, I mean, Miles, you don't think the Cardinals are going to come out on fire after what is likely the most embarrassing performance in Week 15 versus the Lions? There is a huge overrunner in this game, and especially without Nuke, I think the Cardinals can move the ball, but they may have issues punching it in. That that bodes well for Prater. That's a very good point about not having Nuke as, as their end zone target. Um, all right, we'll move on to our start-sit decisions this week. Um, I will start us off with a start. Um, and I'm going with Michael Carter of the New York Jets. He's coming off a bad game where he only scored three fantasy points, but two important things were at play here. One is that he was coming off an injury. This was his first game back from IR. And the second is that he was playing a very, very good defense in Miami. He tied with Tevin Coleman for the team lead with eight carries, but he was the only running back who was targeted, which was twice. One additional week removed from the injury, I think, Jacksonville will be a bounce back game for him. Um, so I'd, I'd be comfortable starting Michael Carter as a low end RB2 this week. Yep. I like that. I also have an initial start to add this week, and it is Devin Singletary, who teases at the top of the show. This was probably one of my tiltiest blunt decisions of, of week 15. In week 14, Singletary got it done through the air. He had six receptions on seven targets for 37 yards, which is a big reason why he, he did have a pretty solid week. In week 15, Singletary was the bell cow RB, 22 rushing attempts for 86 yards and a touchdown. Look, I don't love the lack of passing work. Again, he only had one reception for 10 yards on one target. Singletary is the guy right now. Um, Moss was a, Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. Matt Breda had one rushing attempt. Um, and I believe the buzz out of Buffalo this morning was that the Bills are believers in, uh, in, in Singletary as their guy. I'm going to move on um, to my sit, um, and it is Amari Cooper. Again, I told you earlier in the episode that I'm not dropping Amari, but if you want to sit Amari um, for, for this upcoming week, I can understand it. It has been ugly of late if you are an Amari owner. He had 16 in week 14 in large part due to a touchdown, but he hadn't topped 10 points before that since week 8 versus Minnesota. The reality is this Cowboys team looks a lot different than it has in recent years. The defense is really good, meaning that they are more able to grind out games with the running game, and the emergence of Dalton Schultz at tight end and Michael Gallup coming back from his injury have not been good news for Amari Cooper. The Cowboys matchup in Week 16 isn't particularly exciting. Washington has been better of late, and I'm certainly not expecting a shootout where Dak needs to throw the ball a lot. Um, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, Miles, but we talked about both these players on the show um, previously. You know, if especially if Jared Goff is is healthy. Um, I would maybe consider pivoting to Yu-Gi-Oh! St. Brown, who, again, has a really elite matchup versus the Falcons over Amari Cooper. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I would love to play Yu-Gi-Oh! over Amari Cooper this week. Yep. Especially, is, uh, I, w- I would even consider that if Goff sits. Um, really? Okay. I, I think so, yes. Wow. All right, so that is where we're at in the fantasy season, <laughs> where the, uh, you know, the I think what we always thought was the 1B coming into the season in Dallas um, is the less attractive option than who apparently is the number one wide receiver in Detroit. All right, I mean, uh, welcome to 2021 fantasy football. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, there are four games uh, that we need to look ahead to. Uh, as we mentioned, crazy, crazy, crazy week with COVID. Um, so we'll go rapid fire. One quick thing that we're looking for in each game um I'll, I'll have you start us off for the raiders at the browns on monday yep yeah this is actually a game in progress right now um donovan people's jones feels like the only pass catcher available in the browns offense tonight um as we said jarvis landry is out i believe hooper was out as well too i'll be looking if dpj can take advantage of that and you know potentially you know maybe maybe you know signify a little bit of fantasy value moving forward in the playoffs all right, I'll be looking at Josh Jacobs' usage. Um, Jacobs has, has been t- getting bell cow work, um, so I think you know he's he's sort of creeping into that sleeper, you know, RB two, RB one territory uh, for next year's drafts. So you know, something that we really haven't mentioned on this podcast yet is if you are out of your playoffs or if you didn't even make the playoffs. You should still be paying attention because this last quarter of the NFL season will matter and impact next year's draft, so you'll be better prepared for next year. Yep, that's a very good point. Let's move on to the Vikings at the Bears. That game is also on Monday. Um, I will kick it off here. Katie Osborne has had back-to-back solid weeks, largely due to touchdowns. Um, again, the status of Thielen is uncertain for tonight, and that will certainly you know impact what we expect from KJ. 
but I'll be interested to see if he can keep it rolling against what is a plus matchup versus the Bears, especially with a very banged up secondary. Yep, and I'll be looking at Justin Fields' performance versus a bad Vikings D. Um, Fields has been playing well for fantasy purposes of late, so I'm, uh, uh, you know, if he can keep it up, then he may pull through for some people who are desperate um, for the last couple weeks of the playoffs. And Miles, before we move on to the Tuesday night games, I actually just got a notification from Sleeper that Field is officially inactive for tonight. Okay. So, um, you know, if you're waiting on that one and you're trying to play KJ in an important matchup, that is probably good news for you. Yep, fire up KJ. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Seahawks at Rams. This is the first Tuesday night game. Miles, why don't you kick us off here? All right. Um, I am wondering if Rashad Penny uh, will be a reliable fantasy asset for the rest of the season. And it's pretty crazy. Um, For those who don't know, you know, Rashad Penny is a former first round pick for the Seahawks, but he has never been used as such, mainly due to injuries. His really first fantasy relevant game in several years comes against the Houston Texans, which is a bad defense, but he did go off. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see if he can continue that performance or that success, I should say, against a very good Rams defense. Yeah, that is a a crazy thing to be looking out for, but I'm with you as well. I am also looking at the backfield on the other side of this matchup. What's the split look like in LA? Um, Sony Michelle in the absence of Henderson has been productive the past couple weeks, but I'm really trying to figure out if once Henderson, uh, once Henderson is back and active, if this is still his backfield, if we're going to get a split. Uh, moving forward because you know that will certainly impact the viability of playing Henderson in the playoffs you know a, a, a player who has been good when he has been active up to this point in the season all right and finally the Washington football team plays the Eagles uh, on Tuesday what are you looking out for in that game yeah, this is seems like the first uh, first game in like forever that all the Eagles running backs are healthy, um, which is not not great news if you are trying to play any of them in this game. But Miles Sanders is healthy. Um, you know, is he going to get or you know all or even most of the work? And you know, if not, to what extent are Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and Kenny Gainwell involved? Yep, and I'll be looking at the Washington football team-wide receiving core. Um, Terry is questionable with a concussion. Curtis Samuel coming off a bad game. He's questionable. Um, Cam Sims, DeAndre Carter. I'm just not really sure where I'm at with any of these receivers, Um, and so I'm hoping that this game provides some clarity, if at all. All right, and as a reminder, um, I will be providing my thoughts on all of the Monday Night Football, this week, Tuesday Night Football, and Thursday Night Football games. Um, it's plus, a big week from Miles' Twitter. Yeah, it's going to be a busy week. Um, plus, any breaking news on my fantasy Twitter, that's at MilesUlmanFF. You can follow the show on Twitter, at DirtyWaterFF. On Instagram, we're at DirtyWaterFantasy. Facebook, DirtyWaterFantasy. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We're on Spotify. Um, give us a, a you know subscribe to us click the bell and you can check us out on all other platforms at anchor.fm slash dirty water fantasy uh happy holidays yeah happy holidays miles hopefully your uh, bladed hanukkah gift will show up in the mail um by <laughs> time next week and we can uh, we can talk about that a little bit as well too okay i'm looking forward to is it is it related to this podcast at all can I confirm or deny that? Oh man. Okay, that's that's huge. Okay, I am looking forward to that, and also, uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I think, I mean, you probably don't want to admit this, but you are going to win our matchup. Um, so I, f- once I'm out of the playoffs, I will be rooting for you because I need the you, we need to to rep the pod, um, and so hopefully you can bring home gold and and go be one step closer next week. I appreciate your support, but I will not accept your congratulations until uh, (laughs) Tuesday night late. Fair enough. All right. Um, Well, we'll catch you then. Happy holidays um, and good luck this week. Yeah, good luck. Playoffs. You're feeding them lines, feeding them lines while you're dying inside, dying inside.